Amen. Love on someone right now. We're going to have fun today. Good to see you. Thank you, Jesus. Once you've greeted someone and gave them a big smile, you may be seated. Amen. It's Memorial Day weekend. It's a long weekend. We encourage our families to be together, and some of them have taken out from San Antonio and went to the water and went to just be together in parks. And that's healthy. We need to do that. And there will be more people online right now because of the, the long weekend. And God bless you if you're online right now. We pray that this word gets into your spirit so you can encourage someone as you are connected with your family. God bless everyone on live streaming right now. Amen. You're wondering what I'm holding here. I'm going I'm to talk about that in a minute. A lot of the ladies know what I'm holding. Some of the guys definitely don't know what I'm holding. They want me to pitch it to them right now. Let's, let's play catch. Hey, man, what I'm hearing in my spirit right now is it's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. And just saying that should bring a little <sighs> relaxed presence to your spirit right now. I, I need that for myself more than I want to talk about, but I'm going to talk about it. I need to remind myself it's not by might nor by power. And pause enough to let the Spirit of God come in and say, okay, now, thank you, son, for letting me have my place so we can do something. Because the temptation is to try to get some things done, and you don't realize you're not giving him lead in the process. Anybody ever done that before? Anybody ever done that today? Amen. Jesus says it clearly. He says, I did not come to be served. I came to serve. Now, if you're not careful in our Christianese thinking parameters, we'll, well, that's what he did. When he came in flesh 2,000 years ago, he, boy, I sure wish I was living back then. And you'll put it off back two millennials ago that he came to serve, not to be served. And you don't realize that he came back 2,000 years ago in spirit, Christ in us, not to be served, but to serve. And some of us today are a little tired, somewhat frustrated, a little anxiety, on edge a little bit. And the only reason we're there is because we don't realize he came to serve. Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit. And for the next few moments, I want to spend some time to encourage you more about giving him place in your spirit, the inner man, so that he can accomplish that. And I'm learning more and more about what I'm talking about. I can only talk to you about it because I'm right in the middle of lessons, many of them. And there are multiple lessons happening all the time for me. And so I know that if it's helping me, it's going to help you today. Amen. Anybody feel daddy's hug? And he, and us being kids together and just coming together just moves daddy. Amen. I'm a biological father. I love it when all the kids are together. It's just like, wow, well, I just sit there and just hang out and listen to them. 
and they say some interesting stuff, and they do some interesting things. But I'm okay with what's going on when the kids are together and the grandbabies are all this like, yes. Well, how do you think it is with our Heavenly Father when we're together? If it's not by power, not by might, but by His. Mm. Mm. What's the potential of wisdom and the mind of Christ settling into our spirit before we leave here in the next few moments? Amen? And you can't figure that out. You can trust him because of his presence. You feel the presence of God right now, and it's comforting. And I don't, know, I don't have to know how he's going to do it. I just need to know what I can't explain. I just need to know it. Can't tell you how, but mm, I know it. And the expectation lifts a little higher. And, a little bit, and, and, and I'm now trusting him on a new level. So I, the question today that I would ask as the title to the message is, why the chaos? Why the chaos? <laughs> I want to challenge you just for a moment because um, when we're experiencing trouble, chaos, anxiety, the need for Jesus to come in the mix gets more intense, don't it? It's like, I need some help. I made mention to the uh, life changers today that uh, if you don't know Jack, you want to meet Jack. He used to be a fire chief, and he said he had a tattooed on his arm, chaos, because that meant chief has arrived on scene. Yeah. But the Lord wants you to look at it from a different lens today because he's always present. But the interesting thing that you're going to find out is that he's more real in your chaos, your experience. Christ has arrived on scene. He was already there, though. It's just you know, all see him. This will help you. we got three Hebrew boys. They're facing seven times hotter fire. If you hadn't read the story in the Bible, it's a pretty interesting story. And they're not sure really what's going to happen, but they make it clear to the king, there's one thing we are sure about. We're not going to bow to that idol. We're, we're convinced we ain't, that ain't happening. We're sure about that. We don't know what's going to happen beyond this point, whether we make it out of a fire or we're consumed in the fire. Don't matter. But once they get into the fire, y'all, this is important. Something happens and they leave that fire knowing something they didn't know prior to the chaos. And some of us, the enemy wants to tempt us to think of chaos and trouble and turmoil as a negative thing. But what if today we leave here and we think of chaos differently and we see that as an opportunity rather than a liability? Would that be cool? I mean, kind of like, you could actually relax and walk into a situation that's seven times worse than you've ever been before. And while the rest of the world's not experiencing what you're experiencing, amen, like Nebuchadnezzar, he's beholding a fourth man in that fire, like as the son of man. I'm going to ask those three boys when I get up there. I know they're not boys today, but when I get a chance, I'm going to ask Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, what did y'all talk about in that fire? But I get this feeling. I get this feeling like I'm probably going to know about what they talked about 
because of fire that gets hot. And as we move into chaos and we move into trouble around us and we stop missing all our opportunities, that's when they found out who they were in the fire. You see, chaos doesn't make anyone. It reveals everyone. Amen? Trouble doesn't make a person. It reveals a person. And they come out of that fire with a revelation of who they were. Amen. And it impacted a nation. And God is asking for the Christians in our world to stand up and take advantage of the opportunities that are all around us. But forget about what's on the right and left. There's trouble there too. Just take care of the chaos in your path. Amen. Just take care of the challenges that you face from one day to the next that are in your path. Don't worry about all the others. And let what trouble you're going through, the fears that you're facing in the present, lead you to a place where you let him in and he can come in and sup with you now. Because he's prepared a table <laughs> for you in the presence of of what you see is chaos, enemies. And that is where the anointing happens. What's the anointing for? Identity. We're anointed to be sons, daughters of the kingdom of God. Amen? And so, what is Satan doing for us every day? Come on, let's look, at the, let's look at Satan from a positive lens instead of a negative one today, okay? Quit, quit picking on the devil. Is that okay? Let's just quit picking on the devil. And now y'all saying, Pastor, man, you're really going off a rocker right now. I know you got a point. I'm waiting on it, but right now I've got problems with what you just said. Anybody ever said, the devil made me do it? And Paul wrote pretty clear about the devil don't make you do everything. <laughs> Amen. But from a positive lens, the devil is setting us up with chaotic opportunities every day. And as long as I keep looking at them as, man, I don't want to have to deal with that. And, and Jesus is kind of like saying, come go with me. I'm going to carry you through that. You're, we're missing our opportunity. We're going to find out some things about chaos today. When you run from trouble, when you run from the things that seem like the fire's a little hot, a little warmer than you want it, the reason we do this is because we're trying to create comfort zones. Anybody like your comfort zone? Let me ask you a real question. How does your comfort zone work out for you? How many people are you baptizing and discipling in your comfort zone? How, how important is the Great Commission while you're in your comfort zone? And the reason I have a comfort zone is because I'm wore out. And that's one of the reasons I'm burned out. Well, how did I get burned out? Anybody ever been burned out before? Oh, yeah. And you worked hard to get there. I mean, you put a lot of energy in there to get burned out. And I can justify my comfort zone. I deserve a break today. Right? That sounds right, don't it? We can sing the song, can't we? 
So when those three Hebrew boys come out of that fire, they had come to a place of knowing. They're going through that chaos because there's a point to be made. Boys, don't forget this when you walk out of here. Two points. I want you to catch it. You ain't never alone, number one. And you ain't stuck. Boy, there for a moment, you thought you was by yourself, didn't you? And you tried to be a big boy. I ain't bound to that thing. I know that much. But you found out when you walk with me through thick and thin, you're not alone. You ain't stuck. It ain't the end of the road. There's a new beginning about to happen. And what seems ugly and look like fangs ready to suck the life right out of you is your greatest opportunity to step into your true identity and be who God says you are. Pastor, I really want to know about this ball you're holding in your hand. All right. But you'll never know what to do until you first find out who you are. We could stop and have an altar call with that one. You won't ever know what to do until you first find out who you are. That's the reason Daddy won't leave me alone in encouraging my brothers and sisters to focus on who you are. Adam fled the presence of God among the trees. God runs him down. God has mercy on him and says, Adam, come, come follow me, and I'm going to take you on a journey back to who you are so you can host my presence, take care of my business, and I can receive my glory. Amen? So God has limited himself to finishing something beyond the cross. When you, he finished the main thing on the cross. But there's an eternal purpose that we've all been reserved for, an identity that brings glory to him. And he can't do it without you. And he limited himself. Boy, that, you know what that does for me? That encourages me. God has more faith in me than I have in him. Somebody needed to hear that today. You have went around the sun how many times? And you've been through what? And you're still breathing? God believes in you more than you believe in yourself. And he's going to finish what he started. And the point is, he wants you to know you're not alone and you're not stuck. That your best days are before you. Amen? And for many of you, that may start today finally. That's my hope that you catch this. And so, um, in Galatians 6 and 7, let's read this. Don't be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. You will always harvest what you plant. Those who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature and harvest with, will harvest decay and death from that sinful nature. But those who live to please the Spirit will harvest everlasting life from the Spirit. So let's not get tired of doing what is good. Let's not get tired 
of doing what is good, at just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Now, for some today, doing what is good might equal being a part of a department and doing a lot of good things like feeding the poor, and, and that's all good and well, and we're going to do that. But let's just consider for a moment, maybe Paul is talking about don't get wearied in listening and following the Spirit. He might be talking about that, potentially. Because if you follow him long enough, you'll get anointed. At the right moment, the blessing happens. And it's not about your bank account. It's not about a bigger house or a bigger car. It's about your identity in him. Amen? Paul might be just writing about that. But the temptation is to measure it from the sphere called earth and, and, and our humanity. And we forget that the way that we really win is spirit first. Soul. Spirit first. By his spirit. Ah, my soul gets healthy. My body is restored and comes back into, amen, the temple it's supposed to be. Everybody agree? Amen. I'm telling you the truth today. Not by might. Not by power, not by doctors, not by medicine, not by science. Come on, let's keep this list going on. How many things we, can we put on that list? It's not by none of that, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Amen? And there's some ingredients that have to happen on the journey because as sheep we follow him until we are convinced that, hey, man, the Lord is with me. I'm not by myself. I'm not stuck. And at the right time, we're able to begin to face the things we fear the most so we can be purged of our Christianese ideas and thinking forms of godliness that have no power. Come on. Idolatry in our life that we don't want to have to admit, but it's there. We get set free from that so that we can now be anointed as sons that goodness and mercy follow all the days of our life. And some of you are tracking really time right now because you found out last week, amen, we, had to, we need to face our fears, right? How do you do that? What, what does that look like? And so... We're at a place today where we want to address those things because everybody wants to get to the place where you realize there's no such thing as an enemy. The enemy only exists, amen, because we put more faith in the fact that darkness is here and lies exist and I'm not being taken care of and I feel a certain way. Anybody feel a certain way? You get emotionally attacked and your emotional intelligence dips and all of a sudden instead of responding to God so he can have his liberty and be powerful through me, we're reacting based on the way we think. And the enemy loves that because he's the one that produces our thought processes if we let him. And he'll use the Bible to get your thought processes in a vein where you're just, you've got heartburn all the time, but I believe in Jesus. You're beat up all the time, but I believe in Jesus. I'm sick all the time, but I believe in Jesus. And that's not, how does sweet water and bitter water flow from the same well? Is this helping somebody? 
ultimate, at the precise time, don't be weary. At the precise time, boom, you're going to step into an audience. It's going to be, ah, I got it now. And all of a sudden, the fire that I'm in don't matter no more. All of a sudden, the trouble that I'm in, it's water off a duck's back. All of a sudden, I can do what Jesus does with a boat full of water. It's like he's becoming a submarine. I go to sleep. And that water, man, I'm walking on top of it. I'm dancing. I'm tap dancing. Amen? So, why would I get tired of doing what is good? Doing good is what I'm designed to do. It should energize me, shouldn't it? Dryer ball. I was introduced to a dryer ball probably eight months ago. I went and helped someone move a washer and dryer. Tammy, you took me somewhere where I helped someone. And inside the dryer was dryer balls. And he had, oh, got to have them. Can't, I'm not selling them to you. I don't know who it was that purchased it. Ah, kid's life. Those dryer, that dryer's here. So, what is a dryer ball? And I'm thinking to myself, okay, I've never seen that before. But the more I researched the dryer ball, dryer ball is precisely what it's supposed to be in a chaotic dynamic. Gravity and this dryer ball works together in this sphere that's controlled, but inside that sphere, there is nothing predictable. There's no formula. This dryer ball lives up to its identity in chaos, and it fulfills a purpose. No clothes come out. They have less wrinkles, less drying time. I mean, there's two or three different things. Oh, better, it smells better because you can, you can put scent on this and let it dry, and you throw it up in there, and boy, them clothes will adapt to that scent that smells so good. So this dryer ball is kind of not cool right now because it's not living up to its identity. It's in my hand. It's like, get me in a dryer right now. I need some chaos. I am built to perform a man and produce an objective, and I am not okay in your hand right now unless you throw me up against somebody. Anybody tracking? But in that chaos is perfect harmony for this. God designed us as sons and daughters, amen, to bring glory to himself. He didn't make no junk. And the enemy puts in overtime every waking moment, even when you're trying to sleep sometimes, he'll get in your dreams and try to manipulate you to doubt your value, to tell you you're less than who God says you are. And after he works on us a while, we begin to believe, I'm not worthy. I'm not able. I can't. So-and-so might can do it, but I can't do it. And we start articulating what the enemy convinces us to believe about ourselves. And the last time I checked with everybody that does that, they're not okay where they're at. I hadn't met anyone that's, not, that's okay with not being fulfilled, not being complete. They know they're missing something. 
And so the Lord is at a place of challenging us, and if he can stir up just, you know, all he needs is a few. That's all he needs. He's not looking for the masses. He loves the masses, but he's looking for a few that'll get it. Because if two or three agree is touching any one thing, and we're touching a matter today that's huge because everybody wants to be happy in their marriage. They want to be healthy in their body. They want their relationships to all be connected. They want to be, amen, they just want to enjoy the best that God has. And it's not about building a comfort place where we're comfortable all the time. No, we find that this dynamic happens when there's stuff going on. Amen? Stuff. And I've justified running from some stuff in the past. Anybody ever done that? The vision of New Life Fellowship is built on this. We exist to lead people to Christ and build healthy relationships. That's very important. That we're, our existence is to lead people to Christ. And where, where Jesus is going is not necessarily exciting if you don't have the right lens on. It can be crazy looking, but it's exactly perfect for where you're to be made. Amen. We're the clay. He's the potter. Amen, and he, he puts us in sometimes as your diamonds in the rough. There's a, there, there's a chaotic machine that you drop that diamond in. When that, when that machine gets through with it, that diamond comes out beautifully polished and wow. But it has no predictability in that thing. There's no formula, amen, that brings it to that beauty. It's just chaos. It's temper and it's, 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 it's pressure. It's bringing them to that. So, I'm, 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 I'm having some fellowship with Laz tonight. He's telling me about her brother Stacy. And um, I found a little bit more, Laz, that, amen, y'all were helping him through some chaos. And Laz is telling me, man, I don't know how God's going to help you, Stacy. I don't, I don't know how he's going to do it, but I, I have confidence he's going to do it. And Laz is saying the right things for Stacy in the moment. And, and those are prophetic words. They're eternal. They're, they're, they're powerful words. And they're sticking with Stacy because he needs someone to remind him, this is not who you are. This is. And over that specific time period, at the right moment, Stacy starts getting it. Somebody of you tracking. It's about... It's about vision here, ladies and gentlemen. How many Stacys are out there? How many Stacys are in here? It's not about a formula. It's not about being predictable. Come on, this is the first point you need to get today. Because we limit the kingdom of God working through us when we need a formula and when we need predictability. That's the first point that we must get today. If you're going to face your greatest fear, the formula and the, the need to be predictable is going to hold you captive. You will take that predictability and that formula and create a comfort zone. And that's where the enemy has access to make you believe all kinds of lies. And it never works out. But there's so many Stacys in our world right now. By myself... I can get a couple of them maybe with the Lord's help, but long rangers don't do well. Come on. It's when we get connected that one can impact a thousand, but 
two can pack 10,000. And a threefold core is not easily broken, right? Everybody can quote that. When you get into the place you're supposed to be that don't look like comfort zones, it looks chaotic, it looks like turmoil, looks like seven times hotter fire, that's where that threefold cord connects. All of a sudden, whoo, I just wonder the impact of those three Hebrew boys when they come out on the other side of that fire for that nation. Because that nation, you don't hear anything about that idol after that, do you? Y'all got to catch this. All of a sudden, the influence of that idol, it crashed. People bowing, amen, at the sound of the music, all of a sudden, that song was unpopular. When we are willing to step into our greatest opportunities and quit sucking our thumb and fussing about it, but say, Lord, I don't know what I'm walking into, but you know what I've decided to do? I'm not going to bow to this comfort zone. I'm not going to bow to my idea of what good equals. I'm going to, amen, trust you, Lord, and I'm going to worship you without understanding and go with you to where you want me to go. That's going to affect the stasis of our world. That is the vision of the house. And so intense training is necessary for you to be equipped. Anybody agree with that? Pressure doesn't make you, it reveals you. At New Life Fellowship, submitting yourself not to just a Sunday service where I'm giving you an encouraging word of good news that you can win, but putting yourself in a place where you become equipped. You need to know what the promise is. You need to ignite as a son and daughter in the kingdom. You need to be free, amen, to be who God says you are. There's levels of growth and and and. and and sometimes you got to say no to the culture around you. Say, no, I'm, I'm stepping into my place in God. I'm going to say, Lord, I, you're not here to quote the Bible. You're here to become who God says you are. We don't equip you to memorize the scriptures. We equip you to be the word. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace. Why did he come? Why did the word become flesh so that you and I who are humanity can be transformed into who he said, from one glory to the next, as by the Spirit of the Lord. You're becoming a written epistle. You're becoming the word of God. God says that. He wants you to step into your true identity. Jesus came and showed us who we are. And he showed us how to go to the fire. He showed us how to walk through the fire. He showed us how to walk right into the teeth of the enemy and take advantage of it because for that purpose did he come. And for this purpose did he open the door and say, come, follow me. I'm going to make you. I'm going to let you spend some time with me so that I, you know you know I'm with you and you're not stuck. And then I'm going to have you face all your fears because I want to anoint you to the place that all you can ever say is what you hear me say. This is daddy talking. And all that you ever do is what you see me do and you don't get burned out. 
Amen. Anybody want to walk there? It's not by might. It's not by power. But it's by my spirit, says the Lord. Amen. So being predictable and having a formula doesn't help the dryer ball fulfill its objective. It does not support its identity. God's talking to us today about who we are. Amen. These possibilities are what God has determined to manifest through you. What possibilities? Once you know that you are not alone, once you know that you're not stuck in the chaos, this is what's so cool about it, ladies and gentlemen. There's no laws of unpredictability that violate the laws that govern the universe. God's already set it in motion. He has a plan. He's already spoken. He cannot lie. And yet, when it looks like I can't get there, Jesus, yes, you can. Because all things are possible to them that believe. Believe what? He's with me and I'm not stuck. He ain't, he ain't running from me. He's running after me. We're not running after him. Ain't nobody in this room running after Jesus. He's running us down. Only thing that you and I can do is step out of the shadows. Here I am, Daddy. And those shadows are the lies that we believe, the, the religious forms that we carry. He's the one running us down. And he don't stop. He don't quit. He don't slumber. He does not sleep. Amen. Love the Lord with all your heart and your neighbor as yourself. This is the rule of living. Is this a predictable formula? No. But do we know the result of it? Yes. Does it mean I'm going to be rich and famous? No. Does it mean I'm going to become fully who I am? Yes. Amen. And so the second thing that we want to bring out as a key point in facing why there's chaos is that sometimes as believers or professed Christians, we limit the kingdom of God working through us when we refuse to confess our truth tale. Amen? Anybody ever felt bad before and you're just like, man, the Lord knows how I feel. If, he, if he's going to help me, he can help me. Anybody thought like that before? And the enemy will convince you, oh, the Lord knows how you feel. You ain't got to say nothing about it. He just don't love you. That's why he ain't helping you. And that sounds like, yeah, that's, that's pretty much true. Why would he love me anyway? I've been involved in it. And the enemy convinces all the bad stuff that you've been involved in belongs to you. So why would he want to love you anyway? You're a disappointment to him. You ever heard those voices before? Well, I don't know if that's a voice, Pastor, but I had those thoughts before. Yeah, you heard the voice. Amen? Truth-telling. When we believe lies about ourselves, it makes us powerless. When we believe lies about the world we live in, the creation, lies about God, it works against us. Come on, this is important. When we believe lies about others, it makes us think that we have enemies. 
Amen? So the lies I believe about myself, the lies I believe about creation, the earth, God, the lies I believe about others are important that we come and we tell the Lord, Lord, you know, I feel this way. I feel like you're a million miles away from me, and I feel like knocking someone out, or I feel like, and you just tell him, but to be honest, just burp, burp up on him or puke on him, whatever you want to do to get this out. He's okay with that because he can clean it up. It's not until we tell the truth about how we feel and our emotional intelligence is under attack all the time. It don't stop. It's under attack in all your relationships, your marriage, your relationship on the job, your relationship as life changers, as believers. It's just whatever you do in life, your emotional intelligence is under attack. And the enemy wants you to doubt the fact that you can have the kind of conversation that you need to have with God. And God will not give you the truth until you're able to confess and tell the truth. Why is this principle so real? Anybody want to become who you're designed to be? Well, he says, I'm going to ask you, I'm going to ask something of you. It's going to be light and easy. It's going to be hard to do now. Ask. Seek and knock. He didn't say beg. Ask and you shall receive. Knock and it shall be open. Seek and you shall find, right? He, what he's saying is, tell the truth. When you come to me, come and be honest about where you are. And the chaos that's going on that's got you believing this lie, this and, and trying to create this comfort zone to where you can protect yourself from the world and people. And anybody ever try that? Boy, I need to get out. Boy, I don't want to go outside. I just want to stay in all day. I love people, but sometimes I want to run from them. Why would I want to run from people when God's so in love with them? Have, y'all, have you ever thought about that before? Because I believe a lie about them. Anybody you don't want to hang out with, it's because you believe a lie about them. Oh, oh! I've had to ask God about several people. And so, Lord, I feel this way about them. And I just want you to know it's not good what I feel. And, and I, can, I know he's, no, I don't know how you feel, son. I just need you to tell me. And the only reason he's asking first, because he limits himself, to us being available. And as w- if we're willing to hold on to that lie, then what, what happens at that point? We're in fellowship with the devil. As long as I don't want to hang out with a certain person, it's because I'm in fellowship with a lie. And until I tell the truth about, because I got a Bible study on why I feel this way, Lord. You want me to give it to you? He wants me to be honest. Oh, Lord, I could give you a Bible study, I feel like, and you would agree with me on this. He said, well, you're being honest about that too. Uh, but I'm going to give you a truth now because you told the truth. I'm going to give you a truth that makes you free. Amen? Tell the truth. It'll set you free. Some of us right now, because I, I, I have to stop at red lights pretty often and just 
And red lights are happening more than on the road right now. It's on the pathway with Jesus. It's like I'm on the path. I can be anywhere on the path. And I have to pause for a minute and just reflect and say, okay, what am I missing here? And I have to wait until I get a green light because my emotional intelligence is dipping at the moment. And I'm not figuring it out. And I feel like, man, people are working against me. Stuff ain't right. I don't have a plan of action here. This is messed up. This is chaotic. And the Lord's saying, run to it. Right? Some of us need to go sit down in a room and just sit there and not rearrange anything. Don't straighten up a chair. Don't move a picture. You need to sit in that room until you get over it. No, this is healthy. Why the chaos? God's trying to teach us something about who we are. And as you sit there in that room and you say, well, that needs to be straightened and that needs to be cleaned and that needs to be moved and this, and if you just get over it until God gets the truth to you. Amen. Thirdly, we limit the kingdom of God working for us when we are burned out. Don't get tired of well-doing. Talk to you a little bit about that already, but the you know, burnout is a symptom of trying to be in control and keep order instead of letting go. The idea that I need a formula and predictions, fear that motivates losing control causes burnout. Amen. When something becomes a burden, amen, in our life, our number one response should be let it go. I'm going to just tell you, Jesus will not work with our burdens that we bring to him until we're willing to lay them at his feet. Because he's not going to be the one charged with putting that burden on us. He didn't put it there. How did it get there? Anybody got a back sack right now? You got, you got, you got a sack on of stuff that you feel like, man, I got to have this in case I need this, in case this happened, in case that happened. I mean, you got the whole house in one sack just in case Something happens. Does anybody get up in the morning saying, I got to be ready for whatever happens? And the Lord's saying, drop that backpack down on the ground. Watch him now. He picks it up and he throws it over the cliff. He said, now we're ready. Because me and you can't do what we and you supposed to be doing when you're carrying all this burden. So important that we catch this because the last point that I'm, I'm making today on why the chaos is that we can allow the kingdom of God to have free reign through us to fulfill his purpose right now in the moment today if we'll embrace the chaos and trouble. When we become inspired and motivated by chaos. Now God has our attention. That's why you've heard me say things, and some of you wondered, Pastor Lowe, be careful. No, Christianity missed the greatest opportunity during the pandemic as a whole. I didn't meet very many Christians 
that handled the pandemic in a way that they were able to love people. It wasn't about wearing masks. It wasn't about not wearing masks. It was about loving people. And most of the Christian world, because they're trying to find that comfort zone. <laughs> All right, now, Pastor, be careful. No, the Lord wants us to get honest with him. Take the backpack off. Quit trying to live with formulas and predictability. Amen. Get all the garbage out of the way that creates lies and comfort zones that are not truly comfort zones. They're, they're the kingdom of hell. Square yourself up. Amen. Focus on the fact that, hey, man, there's some trouble in my path. Instead of running from it, walk right up into it. Because you're going to find that's where he's at. And it has to do with people. That's why being connected is so paramount, ladies and gentlemen. I'm, my mother, man, I wish she was still around. My last three years with her were awesome, and I miss her because of those last three years. But there was things I found out about her prior, amen, that she was more hearing from heaven than I thought because she had three boys that could cause, we was like Tasmanian devils. If that'll give you a good picture. And one day, she told me the story. She said, you three boys, y'all got the peanut butter jar. And she bought big peanut butter because we could eat some peanut butter. We got the peanut butter jar down and she wasn't, in the, she wasn't paying attention. And we took it and we wiped peanut butter all over the living room everywhere. On ourselves, we was having a peanut butter fight. It was peanut butter veal in that living room. And then I heard the story from someone else that was there that she was entertaining. She come up in and they saw it. They thought, oh, my goodness. And my mother acted like no big deal. She went in there. Oh, my goodness. Look what. Oh, and she just went in there and got us, cleaned us up, started cleaning everything up. And she's entertaining them at the same time. And the Lord spoke to me. Just, he brought that to my mind. He says, that's how I want you to walk into chaos. I mean, the couple that was watching her were being witnessed to. They didn't run. Man, they were seeing Jesus at work, and, and they were learning something about how to deal with, because they couldn't handle it. It's like they were ready to run. It's like, oh, my God, we're getting out of here. I think my wife would have a little problem with peanut butter all over the living room and everything. Where'd she go? The Lord's telling her to sit there and watch and look and take it in until she gets over it. <laughs> Is this helping anybody? Is anybody getting a call to action right now? Well, every one of us are at different levels. Every one of us are different places. Some of us are like me, the number one lens, that that ain't who I am, but I still have to deal with it. I, I'm looking for a formula. I'm looking for predictability. I want to make sure there's a plan of action in place and a protocol where it belongs. And oh, That's the only way we're going to get this done. And the Lord's telling me, oh, no, that's not how I do it. I'll, I'll let you work with that for a little while. So it's never, never going to work out for you. And he's not against protocol and plan of action. He's not against it. He, 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 he's not for it when it's greater than him. Oh, that helps somebody. 
You know, my idea of what looks like Jesus may not be Jesus. It's just a form. Hang around a little bit and you'll find that there ain't no spirit to it. Oh, this is tracking right now. I just heard that one hit all of us on some level. So whether you're at this place where, well, I know the kingdom of God's not having its way in my life, and that's probably what I need to do. I need to sit down in a room somewhere and get over it and wait like they did in Acts chapter 2 until I be endowed with power. I come to revelation. It's not by might, it's not by power, but by my But there's some great people here today that I'm looking at that you're burned out. And you've been really trying to be a good person. You're trying to do a lot of good things. Don't be wearied in well-doing. And you've translated that into working hard. And the Lord's saying, nope, I just need you to listen and follow. I'm not asking you to do anything more than that. I want you to listen and follow until you find out I'm with you and I won't leave you stuck and what appears to be miry clay. Amen? Where are you at today? On what level is God talking to you? Have you got honest with God about how you feel? Some of us need to just tell him the truth today. And so, for the next little bit, let me say this. I got, it's like Sean said, just be Joshua and hold the sword up and say, son, be still. <laughs> Time hold. I'm just quickly challenge you right now. Living for Jesus is an attitude. It's all about attitude. Okay, let's translate it, be attitude. Revelation 5 talks about how the lamb took the book and he opened it up and he releases the seven spirits of God. We know there's one spirit, one God that's above all, through all, and in you all. But these spirits are attitudes. And John is writing that. It's not futuristic, ladies and gentlemen. John is writing that. It's the book of the revelation of Jesus Christ. Jesus released those Attitudes in Matthew 5. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are they that mourn. Blessed are the me. Blessed are they, and it goes right on to identity. Peacemakers. For goodness and mercy follow. When you work through the Beatitudes and you get honest with God, it's like breath. All of a sudden, the Beatitudes tell you, okay, I've been living in this lie, that lie. Oh, that's why I feel like I'm in prison. Oh, my goodness. You just work through them. All of a sudden, you'll find yourself coming to identity. And if you need to sit for a little while and reflect, while they were sitting, the Spirit fell on them. And they were filled. They didn't just feel God. They were filled with God. And great signs and wonders 
Uh-oh. Dryer ball was in its perfect environment. And they raised the dead. And they healed the sick. And the blind eyes were open. But the most important thing, the gospel was preached. And the kingdom of God came. Kingdom of God. Kingdom of God. Kingdom of God is waiting on you to get in your true identity. But you're going to have to step into your true environment. Thank you, Father, for your word today. We address why chaos, and we found out the devil really isn't our enemy, that he's setting us up with our greatest opportunities. And we're not praying for the devil. We're not giving him any place. <laughs> but when we know he's at work, that's where we want to go because he's our walking material. And we want to tread on that old boy. And take every opportunity that he conjures up so that we can come back into the identity that belongs to us. Father, thank you for delivering me from this idea that I can make this happen apart from you. I don't have enough might and I don't have enough power. But I got an open heart. And you can pour your spirit in me right now. And I can make myself available to you and trust you and you can get your glory me taking on my identity in you father right now could we stand